don't throw up a lot, but like, <laughs> what's a lot? I mean, like, I don't know. I, I rarely puke. And um, that's <laughs> half the national average. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely one of those people that, like, if I'm feeling sick, I try to make myself bark because I know it'll make me feel better. But since I've had COVID, I, I still can't taste or smell anything. So, like, I have the gro- the really like so painful you've been stomach eating feeling. Vomit. so i mean you you have the awful sensations that accompany throwing up but i don't taste it so there's that Mm. no it goes it all goes into my um fear of drowning so anything that's coming up i get very anxious and i try to fight it and it'll come out of my nose, and then everything in my body will just stop burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real there. different when you can't taste it. It's very strange. <laughs> Hell, I like it since I can't taste it. No, I don't, I'm not saying I like vomiting. <laughs> this vegetable <laughs> stew needs a little salt. <laughs> very bland. <laughs> you got a Tupperware thing full of vomit in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gross. Please tell me you're recording this. Ew. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Someone oh. finally comes over. Help yourself to some stew in the refrigerator. <laughs> Got yourself a stew going. It's real aesthetic, though. Put some sugar in it. I think. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> can't taste the stew. It's like having a mouthful of guacamole. And you can't taste it. It's like tap dancing on a grave with a mouthful of guacamole with some KO pectator, whatever Dr. Phil said that one time. <laughs> oh man, I've got this uh I've got this gum at work. Um I think it's a Mentos flavor. And it's just called Mint? No. Um <laughs> It's called uh it's called pure clean or something like that. It's a, oh. <laughs> tastes like fucking Mr. Clean or fucking bleach. No, see, I thought it was going to be like winter green based on the color, but it's some like super very chemically tasting. It tastes like one of those pine air fresheners you hang in your car. Yeah, but after you once it starts Power to lose its, baby. once it starts <laughs> to lose its flavor, the after like if you keep chewing it like it tastes like Pepto Bismol. Like that's the aftertaste it leaves in your mouth. Every oh, time I, I love Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Give me that Pepto. I love go. the taste of Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Y'all know my story. Y'all know what I do for a living. <laughs> Y'all know me. <laughs> do y'all, y'all remember the uh, amoxicillin liquid that you used to get when you would have strep throat as a kid? Uh, it was pink and it, it was, was pink. public bubblegum flavor. Bubblegum flavor. Oh, man. When one of my siblings had strep throat, I used to sneak it out of the fridge because my mom used to store it in the fridge. Dude. (laughs) I used to sneak little (laughs) sips of it. That shit shit tasted so good. (laughs) (laughs) And I never got strep throat again. Nope. It's because I'm sipping on it all the time. I put it in a baby bottle like fucking Three Six Mafia and pour a little fucking uh, little little gin in there. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. <laughs> no, Pepto Bismol is one of the best flavors ever. I'm just saying, if there was a Pepto Bismol soda, 
Make it, Doug. I'd buy stock in it. Doug, it is 2020, and people will buy some dumb shit like that. Make it. Oh, yeah, man. me. I'm that dumb shit. So I have a lot of gastrointestinal issues, as you fellas know. <laughs> it's because so, I've been drinking <laughs> Pepto-Bismol with three meals a day no. for 20 years. <laughs> I've been eating and drinking Pepto-Bismol my entire life. I have to partake uh, Pepto-Bismol pretty often. Doug, since you're such a fan, uh, you can probably tell us, does Pepto turn your shit black? Like oh, yeah. jet oh, black? Yes, indeed it does. <laughs> I used to carry around the little tablets, the chewable tablets, in my pocket and eat them like candy. Oh, my God. Doug hasn't yeah, had a I poop. I love the taste of Pepto bit more. Doug hasn't had a poop that wasn't jet black for the last 30 years. So that one Dude, time uh, the, uh, Considering all what I eat, my turds are either jet black because I just eat nothing but Pepto Bismol, and I eat a lot of cake, so they're either black or green from the frosting. So, uh, y'all remember those Squid Ink uh, or whatever those black Burger King buns that turned your dick? Oh, in sure do. I didn't, I get those camo, that, but... those fucking <laughs> mossy oak turds. <laughs> <laughs> So I forgot that I had eaten that uh, when I went to the restroom <laughs> the first time after, and it scared the, the shit out of me. Honey. Uh, well, you're in the right place. <laughs> um, my sister, my sister did like one of those um, uh, a fundraiser at school, and they were selling cookie dough, which is something they would do. So my mom ordered a bunch of the cookie dough, and it was like. This weird Play-Doh type of like idea where like the cookie dough was all like multicolor, and then you're supposed to build shapes yeah. out of it and then cook it. Um, but the the containers looked like Play-Doh containers. That was the whole gimmick. But it was like super like there's so much food coloring in it. And so I ate a ton of blue cookies. And then when I pooped the next day, it was like. It was just like, you know, just like hunter green. Like, it was like really, like, bright, like, dark green. It's a fun fatty diarrhea. Oh, dude. And I was just like, what's wrong with me? And then I'm like, oh, but it wasn't blue. So that's why it was really messing me up. But, dude, that shit was great. I mean, I ate, I ate a bunch more of it. <laughs> but you running out of the bathroom with your pants around your ankles. What's wrong with me? It's green. The poop's green. <laughs> he called the poop green. <coughs> he called the poop poop. It's the best night of my life. <laughs> the Carpenter Rants. Hey everybody, welcome to TCR. Three nobodies talking about, you know, all the best horror movies of all time. <laughs> you know. You know. You know what it is. Uh, and we're those nobodies. Uh, I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Oh boy, I am very excited. Uh, this week uh, we are wrapping up our Rants in Space uh, limited series. Yeah. Um, if you've been listening, um, we have been covering uh, space horror all month um, so far. Spooky space. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so far, we um, we watched Life Force, Matilda Hooper. Um, mm-hmm. 
Event Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I we forgot. Watched, uh, uh, brain dead. Uh, Event Horizon Sunshine. Uh, last week we covered Ridley Scott's masterpiece Alien. Um, and this week we're covering James Cameron's masterpiece Aliens. Um, very Avatar. Exciting. Avatar. Yes. <laughs> Titanic. Um <laughs> Boys made some bangers. Um, <laughs> no, we're talking aliens tonight. And as much fun as I had uh, talking alien last week, I'm, I mean, I'm very excited to talk about this week's film as well. This movie, um, this movie was a huge deal uh, for me growing up. Um, I saw it way before I saw the original, and I saw it often. Um, this is just one of those. I was the right age for this movie, and it's just been a huge part of my life ever since. Uh, I love this movie so much. Um, Doug, do you remember the first time you saw Aliens? Mm, I was very young. Yeah, I was too. I would say six or seven. I'd say nine, around around that around that age when i saw it and uh yeah it was a good time i was seven my dad bought the vhs tape my mom was like she wasn't home so i don't know if she'd gone on a trip or something with somebody but it was just me and my dad for whatever reason and we were home for like a weekend by ourselves and my dad bought aliens and he was like oh man you gotta watch this movie with me and uh we sat in his bed and we ordered pizza and we watched it. So, um, that sticks out. That was, that was just a really, that was just a really great night. Um, and I don't know, that's just a, and this movie's just kind of at the core of it. So, and it's just incredible. Um, and if you're seven, eight, nine years old and you see aliens, it's pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. Kendall, when's the first time you saw Aliens? Um, you know, I do not have a recollection of the first time I saw it. I know I've, I've it saw wasn't it. It was today, though, right? No, no. Okay. Um, um, I don't know. I don't think sci-fi was really ever a big thing in my house growing does up. Does it get God? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, uh, science fiction no, really no. does spit in the face of the Lord. Aliens can't yeah. only imagine. They can't. I, I won't say it's because of. My, my family's uh, religious beliefs, but I just don't think it was really ever like my dad was the one who did a lot of the movie picking, and um, I just don't think he was ever really into sci-fi. I don't think he ever has been. So that's not just not a lot of had. I didn't have a lot of exposure to sci-fi growing up. Um, yeah, I don't I don't remember. <clears throat> I may have actually been an adult the first time I saw it. I don't know, but it wasn't it wasn't today. Okay. Well, I was just making sure this wasn't your first viewing. Um, Man, it's a big... uh, This movie was like a big seminal moment in my life. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. But before we do, uh, Doug, why don't you slather me up with some fat deets? Fat, fat, fat deets. Fat, fat, fat deets. Fat, fat, fat deets. Fat, fat deets. Get ready, because here they come. Came out July 18th, 1986. Yeah, man. 
Directed by James Cameron. Who's that? Written by James Cameron, David Giller, and Walter Hill. Ooh. <clears throat> With a budget of $18 million. And it made. With a return of $183.3 million. Oh. Big, big hit. Boom. Um, just, man, this movie is just, right away, um, there's a huge difference, uh, in Alien and Aliens, and it's, I mean, it is just what you're looking at. Um, the movies could not look any different at all. The set design, cinematography, Mm -hmm. lighting. You know, lighting, lighting, staging. Um, it's in a different aspect ratio, I believe. Like everything, I mean, it looks completely different. Um, and like we talked about last week, um, you know, Ridley Scott is making this um, very artistic, uh, you know, science fiction horror movie. Um, but a lot of it's just like shot like an art film. Um. James Cameron not making an art film. James Cameron is like, we're going to put some big fucking explosions on the screen. Um, it, it's just, it's a completely different, um, it's a completely different type of it's a completely movie. different new set of eyes on the same universe. Yeah. It, like James Cameron is an artist. I'll yeah, say absolutely. that right up yeah. front. And he's phenomenal at what he does. But he ain't no Ridley Scott. No, he's not. What James Cameron does is he creates these spectacles um, that are, I mean, wholly satisfying. Um, just really, I don't, I don't know. The guy's just I, like his skill set is so completely different. But he's also mastered his version of what that is. So you got these two guys yeah. that are just like geniuses in completely different aspects of, of filmmaking and they each made a masterpiece of what they were making. Does that make any sense? Like No, I gotcha. Like that's why it's so hard when people are just like when somebody says that oh aliens is better than alien and I'm like, okay, well I know what kind of movie you like. Um because like I don't know. I mean both of them are perfect for what they are. You know what I mean? So it's hard to say one, you know, like Aliens is a better action movie than Alien, but Alien is mm-hmm. a more suspenseful movie than, you know what I mean? So it's, it's just, all the, I mean, well, Aliens has some suspense. It does. Not nowhere near as much as Alien. No but, way. Um, you know, Cameron, he comes from effects. That's his yeah. background. So he wants everything. He wants to push everything to the limit. He knows what he's capable of doing and he wants to push his team to do the same he was he's like I, I just want all this big cool shit on screen that i know we can make and pull off so let's fucking do it and he and he does it here man this movie is so great i've i wrote down my first note was this is the first time i've ever watched them um back to back in like an analytical way so like right away a lot of the stuff was jumping out at me because usually you know i'll watch one and then the other but just for fun like when I'm paying attention to it, yeah. like, you know, I picked up on a lot. Um, 
a lot of differences and similarities between them. Um, we get another slow opening, but it's a completely different, again, everything is just like, this is a whole new, this ain't your, this ain't you this ain't your granddad's alien. There's more of them. This ain't your alien. Yeah, there's more of them, and they don't, you know, um, I think the biggest, um, I think the biggest difference immediately is visually, uh, between the, uh, the, the sets and the art designed by H.R. Geiger and the sets and the art that are not. Um, oh yeah. It, it's a big shift just visually, um, just based on that, uh, alone. And even though like, um, this movie in the story was the scale is bigger. Mm-hmm. But like the sets are more intimate and stuff, whereas in Alien, everything was so massive. Yep. For this intimate story. Yes. But now you got a big story and and an kinda, intimate setting. Yeah, you kind of you kind of like. Yes, you're packing more into a smaller space. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, okay, so we get a we get another kind of like slow opening uh, with this really eerie score. By the way. Uh, James Horner did the score for this movie, and I love it. Um, Doug, he did. It's good. Uh, I don't think it still it stands out as much as Goldsmith's, of course. But well, here's uh, the, it's it's still good. Here's the thing I like about this because James Horner also did Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock, and like there are big pieces of that of of those of that music that sounds just like that in here. Hell, you want a space music? I'll get you some space music. Oh man, there's the. <laughs> Um, in Aliens, one of the themes in the movie is like that. I mean, I can't do it. There's a, it's like, bah. I no, I can't do it. Um, but it's a piece that sounds like. I love that part. Yeah, that's my part. That's my favorite part. Um, you could yeah. call me Alien. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be walking. <laughs> You'll be a boogie. Um, no, so there's a there's a piece of music. Oh, sorry, there's a piece. This is all my fault for trying to sing. <laughs> there was a there was look like what a, you made me do, Caleb. <laughs> there was this, there was like this little part of me that was like, I you know what, I can do it, and then. <laughs> You're like, no, Doug's going to run off and go to Paul Simon like he always does. I know it. Split second into it, I was like, oh, I'm not capable of singing this. Um, but I can hear it in my mind. It's really frustrating. It's a piece of music that sounds exactly like the Klingon music that he wrote for uh, The Search for Spock. And so that stirs up some nostalgia in me also. Um, but yeah, I dig the James Horner score, and it's very creepy here in the opening. Um, and then of course we get uh, aliens. Um, let's see, it's been fifty-seven years. Uh, a ship finds Ripley's shuttle. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still, you know, uh, sleeping in her pod, and then they wake her up. She's her vitals are still good, and it's revealed to her that um, she was frozen. In that sleep pod for 57 years. Which I think um, is a good story way to explain how, you know, a lot of things even look different than they did in that first movie. Yeah. 
Um, you know, because even it's a cheat, but yeah, I'll allow it. Yeah, why not? I mean, it, you get rid of everyone she's ever known. Um, and this is where the um, this is one of the uh, things about the movie that's fleshed out a lot more in the director's cut. Um, do you guys watch theatrical or director's cut? Theatrical. Yeah. I'm guessing theatrical. Whatever was on HBO Max. Um, they're both on HBO Max, but you have to you oh, have to shit. you have to make the choice to watch directorial. Um, so if you didn't do that, then yeah, theatrical then. Um, yeah, so the directorial one's about half an hour longer, and one of the things that um, one of the things they flesh out is that um, Ripley had a child, I think a daughter. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, as a daughter. Um, and she died, I guess, in that 57 years that she was frozen, but I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't remember the details about it exactly. Um, Time out real quick. Um, did you ever play the Alien video game that yes. came out a couple years back? Oh, that, uh-uh. That, the, uh, the one for Xbox. Was yeah. it Xbox only? Yeah, Isolation. Anyway, I, yes, Isolation. Uh, the story is uh, you follow Ripley's daughter, and she's an adult, and she's trying to find she's trying to locate her mom. Oh, interesting. And she finds a bunch of abandoned places where these aliens are at and shit. Dope. I didn't know that's what that game was about. Mm-hmm. It's hard, too. That's the alien has, like, AI and shit, and then uh, it's really hard to beat because it learns, like, your patterns and shit. <laughs> we gave the alien AI. <laughs> We're all about coulda. <laughs> anyway um yeah so uh this all gets cut out of the movie but she has this daughter that um i guess passed away and so um she don't pass away she don't pass away dog um so there's a lot of time spent on that um and i guess it's to build the relationship later with um, Ripley and Newt, but I, as they seem to have figured out, um, by cutting all that out, I mean that relationship still works perfectly. So um, yeah, it's there. If you're interested in that, I mean, it's none of it's bad, but I feel like that um, the movie just works so well and it's so clean um, that this extra thirty minutes of stuff just it kind of bogs it down. So I'm glad that it got cut. Um, but you can watch it on the director's cut pretty long yeah it's it's pretty long um let's see uh oh yeah we get the uh we get paul riser he's playing burke um he's he's the one that lets ripley know that he's a good guy you don't have to worry about him um and also uh how long she's been asleep and um and then we get the fake out chest burst scene which is great um it's very Jim Cameron. You get the slow motion, the scores going off. It reminds me mm-hmm. of uh, Terminator. And, uh, you know, there's a scene in, in each of those first two movies, but the specifically the second one where she's running down the hallway and she sees the Terminator and then she, like, slips and falls back. She's, like, crawling away in slow motion. I mean, that, that whole thing is composed exactly like this scene. Well... This was uh, this movie was very the writers who wrote the first um, drafts before Cameron came in was extremely inspired by Terminator and they were pushing to get Cameron to direct it. 
It's amazing. So, uh, well, they succeeded, and good for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, the alien bursts out of her chest, and then she wakes up, and we realize it's just a dream. Um, and she's been. Uh, we see over and over again that she continues to have these dreams. <clears throat> Uh, she is haunted by the alien. Uh, we got the boardroom scene here. Uh, this is where they're like, hey, you've been frozen for like six decades, but you blew up some expensive stuff. And uh, God. it's been 60 years and we just assumed you were dead. Uh, but now that you're not, we're kind of like, hey, that costs money. <laughs> we're going to need a check. Like they didn't they didn't make that money up in the 60 years that she's been gone. That's how you know debt collectors are. Oh, they up. did, man. It's just fucking... I st- it's the U.S. government for you, brother. I still get a letter every month from, you know, somebody that I didn't pay $24 to. But now Blockbuster? It's just, yeah, now it's just principal. I'm like, <laughs> I returned uh, I returned Princess Diaries too, and we're not going to have this argument again. <laughs> You're the only one that had Princess Diaries too. Why did you return it? Because <laughs> I rented it. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so they're basically like, hey, you blew up a ship, and she kind of tells the whole story about the alien. There's a lot more about of this in the director's cut, too. This scene is longer. Um, also, there's more of the storyline of her not being able to like be a pilot or, or work on a ship anymore. So there's a little bit more of the blue-collar Ripley storyline where she's just, you know... A comedian. Did you did you watch the director's cut? Did you say that? And I just glossed over it. No, I watched theatrical, but I've seen the director's cut. Why did why did what did they explain? Uh, what was the reason they gave for Ripley not being able to pilot a ship and stuff? It was part of her. Um, it was part of her like punishment for destroying the other ship. Was that they revoked? Her, uh, um, they revoked her status as like a flight officer or something, and so she got a job. Uh, she got a job doing like manual labor. That's how she knows how to drive that that lift suit. Um, yeah, that's in the theatrical. Yeah. she explains she has a job on the dock, but um, yeah, I didn't. They didn't say why they got rid of her. Uh, pilot's license or whatever yeah it was all just uh it was all just fallout that argument goes much longer and basically it's that she um is and it's in the theatrical too where they don't believe her about the alien but that that conversation goes a lot longer and it's a lot more political and there's a lot more um you know at the end of the meeting where they type in closed or whatever um on that little computer screen like they typed a bunch of shit there's like two minutes of that of just stuff they're typing out kind of like from the first movie um but they um but none of it's in there but yeah it's all just more it's just more it fills it in a bit more but again i don't think you i mean the movie works so well without any of it I love the the uh, the office scene where she's just laying into him. She's oh, like, yeah. "God damn it! Listen, yeah, and aliens, 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 aliens." You know, women—they just never stop talking about aliens. That's why we can't take them seriously. Um, <laughs> this scene ends with like a great. Um, this scene ends with like this great exchange between her and like the head of this company. And she's like, look, if you don't believe me, go out there and, and see for yourself. 
And he's like, well, we don't have to because we've got like 150 people living up there now. And uh, We've colonized it. Yeah, they've, they've colonized They've been up there for 20 years. Yeah, LV-426 was the planet. Um, so the companies colonized the planet, and I think this is a brilliant idea just for like a movie. You know what I mean? Where it's just like in the original movie, there's a spaceship up there with like dozens and dozens of these eggs. So what happens if we put a bunch of people up there and then we create thousands of xenomorphs or however many it ended up being? Uh, I just thought it was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Um, okay, won't listen to a woman, uh, but then as soon as there's a problem with the colony, now they want her to go out there and help them. Mm-mm-mm. So you're good enough to risk your life for us, but uh, you know when you're in, remember when you're in a boardroom, just to you know you want to zip that up. That's the men are talking. Um, so this there's more of this in the extended version also, and this is what I don't like at all. Um, the other stuff I think is unnecessary, but in the director's cut, we see the colony thriving. Like there's a there's a three four minute scene of Newt walking through the colony where everyone's alive and they're all working, and we see Newt's family and we see like everything just seems totally normal. And to me, the first time I saw that that like I was so taken out of it because my whole life the first time you see the colony is completely deserted, and um, everyone's dead and or missing. Um, and it's really terrifying. So I thought it was really interesting that there's a part, there's like a version of this movie where you see the colony and you see all the people in it. And I just don't, I don't think it works at all. Um, Maybe I have seen the director's cut of this because I I recall seeing more of Newt's like before. Yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole scene. Where they're just like, hey, Tom, you you were running late for uh, poker tonight. And Tom's like, hey, you know me. I'm not going to die. I'm soon. glad they cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the dialogue was just was atrocious. Real quick. So, like, the, the alien scourge had just recently happened? Yes. Okay. Um, Doesn't it seem like it's been years? Yeah, that's what it's, I'm just now realizing this. Um, they said that the colony's been there for 20 years. Yeah. Wouldn't the, I mean, the eggs have been there this whole time. Yes. Why wouldn't they have, this have already have happened a long time ago? Why is it just now happen, happening? I don't happening know. Happening. Um, I don't know. Um, that seems strange. Uh, well, because Burke sent, no, you remember? No, this is what it was. Um, this isn't the, the theatrical version as well You're, because later she finds an order that Burke sent to go so they didn't know where the ship was I mean they only knew about the planet but when she came back she told her whole story and then Burke sent an order to the colonies to investigate and look for this ship and then they you know what it. you're fucking right yeah because That's there's some right. time there's some time jump there in that movie because she's been working on the docks for a while and she gets a haircut. So when um, <laughs> that's how you know. Um, <laughs> but when uh, when Paul Reiser, when Burke shows back up later and he tells her we've lost contact with the colony, I take that to mean it's been maybe a few weeks that they lost contact. And then 
you don't know they hypersleep travel so you don't that could have taken months to get there remember they were 10 months from home in alien yeah so they may so have, the answer to my question is pay the fuck attention because it was addressed okay no i mean i'm <laughs> i'm only realizing this as we're talking about it right now but i i just never thought about the timeline but i assume it's been months it's been <laughs> it's been I guess I like subliminally drew that connection somehow. I don't remember the conversation you're talking about where it was mentioned, uh, but um, no, they didn't mention where uh, uh, what's his name Burke uh, told them to go investigate. But I guess just knowing or seeing that the folks um, that had been attacked were still alive when mm-hmm. they got there, there was one. Yeah, that was still alive. Yes, that someone was still alive. I got the feeling that it hadn't been too terribly long. No, I'm thinking months. Um, but yeah, it's um, that Burke moment. That's when she confronts him and she says something like, I checked the log and I saw that you sent some work order to go investigate the ship, blah, blah, blah. Um, all right, so... The, um, she's informed that the company will reinstitute her as a flight officer if she goes on this mission. Um, she tells Burke, uh, you know, go fuck yourself. Um, he, and, but then she has another nightmare and she realizes that, um, you know, she's going to have these nightmares for the rest of her life until she knows that the, you know, that the threat is gone. So I wrote that. She doesn't do it for the company or for Burke, but she does it to face her own fear. Um, and that's what that's what Ripley's driven by in this film. Um, she only wants to agree if they uh, <laughs> if they agree that the mission is to destroy these sons of bitches and not to fucking study them. Yeah, and she knows better. Mm-hmm. Like even when she hangs up on him, there's like I don't know. There's I don't think she really believed that ever. Um, but I think it doesn't matter. I think she just knows that she has to go. Um, we see the ship that they're on. This is no, uh, no Stromo, by the way. Like it's, you know, it's, it's your standard spaceship, but, uh, missing that HR Geiger, uh, stuff for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Apone, one of my favorite characters, uh, in the movie. Um, his whole monologue is great. Uh, when they wake up is, you know, uh, another beautiful day in the core. And, uh, I don't know. He's got that moment that he exchanges with one of the other Marines where he just, he pulls his eyelid down. He's like, look into my eye. I don't know why, but I love that. Um, he's flipping him off. And then, yeah, you're right. Um, and then uh, he says this line. I have no idea what it means. I guess it means come on. But he says, uh, people first assemblies in 15. Shag it. Just, <laughs> he got a lot of fun dialogue and I really enjoy it. Yeah, he's well, great. You know he's going to be fun. When Didn't like 30 seconds after waking up, he just puts a cigar in his mouth? <laughs> yeah, he slept with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to think that he slept with it in his butt, and when he woke up, he's like, all right. Keeping um, it warm. 
there's a uh, there's <laughs> later he gets another great line where he tells he's encouraging uh, the Marines to hurry and he says, "Come on, assholes and elbows." <laughs> That's not the same. That is so weird. I don't know what that yeah, means. Uh, my wife watched this with me, and she was like, what does he mean by that? And I was like, it means something else. I don't know why it was brought up here, but okay. Yeah. Well, it's asses and elbows, not assholes and elbows. <laughs> I don't know asses and elbows either. Asses and elbows. It's like if you're running. Tomatoes, like, tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> all I want to say is asses. And, you've never heard that before? But uh, it's asses, not assholes. No, no one's ever said to me. All I want to see is assholes and elbows. Yep. It's on my porn hub. Except for my gram gram. <laughs> Casper Jam is, man. Oh, man. Um... <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Don't don't get Casper involved. Uh, Bishop shows up. <laughs> Bishop shows up. Um, in this scene, we're introduced to Bishop, played by Lance Henriksen, uh, Hicks, played by Michael Bean, and Hudson, played by Bill Paxton. Like three of my <laughs> growing up, these were like three really important like genre character actors for sure. Um, Come on, man! Come on! <laughs> Hudson's I didn't like I I know Hudson is like the the whiny baby in this movie, but I didn't realize that he's just right out the gate. Dude, immediately hey, oh, man. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> um also I since I was a kid, there's that moment where um where he's doing the knife and it's sped up and he's doing this weird thing with his mouth. Like you can see all of his teeth. Oh. He looks like the he looks like the Donatello design from Secret from Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> my whole life, he looks like a fucking muppet. He does. My whole life, I've like, man, you look like Donatello in Secret of the Ooze. Like your eyes are that big and your teeth. I don't know. It's just like if Chuck E. Cheese, like an animatronic character. Yes. 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 So so bizarre. Um, yeah. Uh, Bishop's yeah, got I a forgot. little. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Now I I forgot uh, that Bishop was there. Like, uh, uh, what do you call him? Artificial person. Yes. Um, That's what he. Prefers. So just watching that living in pairs, like, sped up knife thing. I was like, yeah. this is really weird. <laughs> also, Ripley watched that happen, and then she was like, "Oh wait, what? You're a robot?" And I'm like. Wait, you thought that dude was just like that? Ripley fast? wasn't watching that. She didn't give two shits about any of those people on yes. that entire thing. She That's was keeping true. to herself. She was eating her cornbread or whatever the fuck she had. Yeah, she was Maybe eating her. Yeah. He had that rookie of the year arm thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she she was sitting over there with a mouthful. You got of that thing from that movie that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> she got a mouthful of cornbread. She's like funky butt loving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh <laughs> a poem like did she just say funky butt loving <laughs> uh, butt loving and elbows people come on <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, doing the knife trick um, Bishop nicks himself and he's got a little uh, milk blood coming out <laughs> Yeah, he's bleeding yogurt over there. 
and uh, Ripley uh, smacks the cornbread out of his hand. Very rude. Um, <laughs> Ripley ain't having it. She's like, wait a goddamn second. Uh-uh. There's one of them robot motherfuckers on this. Uh-uh. Yeah, she was not. Yeah. She was, yeah, she was not understanding. Um. So uh, one of the things about um, Ripley is she doesn't want to just sit around. So she asks Apone if there's anything she can do, and he asks her if. Uh, well, she says she can. She can use the loader. Um, which is this like mech suit, um, you know, forklift thing, and it's cool. And there's like two minutes of her like strapping in and like messing with the controls and the stuff. show off moment where it's just like the arms are spinning. It reminds me of the fucking robot from Rocky Four. Yeah, Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> she loves me. Man, he fucked that robot. People aren't ready. He did. People aren't ready to talk about it, but Polly and that that's robot, the director's cut of Rocky Four. <laughs> he says he's taking the robot out. It's probably because he was like, every time he's taking it out. Yeah, he's robot. wearing it out. <laughs> <laughs> he can't stand to see the robot because he was actually in love with it. It was one of these set romances. Or he just couldn't even. He can't even stand the fact that Polly would have had an on-screen relationship with the robot. I'm looking out for your Rocky Four fan fiction, please. Erotic it's already on Reddit. <laughs> um, whew. my screen name is Hearts <laughs> on Fire. <laughs> Hard on Fire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, yeah, so the whole, like, yeah, there's all these, like, glory shots of, like, the loader, but it's because they show you this, and it's like, okay, I guess that was cool, and then you completely forget about that thing, and when it pays back off later, oh, baby, that's just, that's just good, <laughs> no, baby. oh, baby, that's good movie making, I love it. That's good movie. Yeah, that's a good picture show. Um... All right, so they load up and head to the surface. We got another um, another drop ship scene. Um, whereas in Alien, it was like thirty seconds and it was super intense. Uh, this scene's like five minutes long, and they're just like, "All right, let's get all the exposition out as we travel to the planet." Because once we get there, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> once we get there, we're blowing shit up yes. constantly. <laughs> Um, and so you learn, you know, uh, Hudson's like a smart mouth chicken shit. Um, the lieutenant, I forget his name, but he's a fucking Dan. Dan. Um, <laughs> was that his name? No, it wasn't. Um, you got me. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, <laughs> just, You're so mad. <laughs> I'll tell you what just happened is the second wave of that just hit me where I realized the reference you were making. So it didn't hit me all at first. I was like, oh, he tricked me. And then as I was realizing it was a trick, it was a, it was a Lieutenant Dan trick. God damn it. <laughs> the old Lieutenant Dan trick. God damn it. Um, oh that's right. Deal with it. Um <laughs> So essentially, this crew is just a bunch of meatheads, and they just they are, are picking but, on Ripley for, yeah. Yeah, for being yeah. a lady. Kind of what are you afraid of? A few aliens? 
And Hicks is like, man, I'm taking a nap. Like I'm like that's a high pressure. I situation. loved how everyone was freaking out during that drop, and they cut to him. And he's sound asleep. Um. So once they finally land, um, the uh, colony is a ghost town, which is so eerie. Um, which I said, like, once you see the 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 colony working in the director's cut, I don't know. It feels like it. I, I get the idea. It was like, it's full of life, and now it's, like, full of death. But I think the first time you see it, it's just empty and barren. I think it I think it works way better. Um, it's yeah. just really unsettling and, and creepy. Um, they find a room with a bunch of alien bodies and tanks. You know, these guys were studying it. But they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. They think they're going to make money off of it. I don't know how, but they're just like, somehow we're going to make billions off of this. It's only natural to wonder about things and want to study it, but if you're going to sell it and shit, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, the We have the heat signature device, which really builds tension uh, later in the movie, but we kind of mm-hmm. get introduced to it here. Um, the, by the way, the, um, the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park make like the same noises that these aliens make, um, mm-hmm. when they jump out of places, there's like this weird screechy squeal noise that, uh, ended up in Jurassic Park as well. Um, yeah. uh, Newt, which I wrote with three exclamation points, uh, because I love Newt. Um, there's a uh, there's a figure running through the colony. They chase it down. They find it's a little girl, and uh, uh, Ripley kind of chases her, you know, through the air ducts to her little hiding place. Um, which she needs to clean up her room, by the way. I mean, these kids. Your parents get murdered by aliens, and all of a sudden you're just living in filth. Um, not Tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, no, again, the extended version of this movie focuses a lot on Ripley's daughter and how she's like connecting with this other kid who, you know, she's not her mother, but I'm like, we don't need any of that. This relationship works. Um, their bond is so strong immediately. Um, Mm -hmm. and Ripley is like so good with her and like, I mean, it's just, uh, the the Ripley and Newt relationship is just magic um, on screen. And it's just, I don't know. I've seen this movie a hundred times and I, I love it so much. I just think it's amazing. The, the, the girl that played Newt, this is her only acting credit. Interesting. Mostly. Um, let's see. Uh, Bishop is creepy? Question mark. There's a lot of red herring Bishop stuff in this movie. Um, where he's like, he never came off creepy to me one time, probably because really? I knew it was going to happen, but <laughs> well, see, like there were scenes, like he, he doesn't come off creepy to me, but they, they set up scenes where he's like studying under the microscope and then he kind of looks around and then he like walks away and it's just like, whoa, is Bishop just basically ash? Are these robots just milky evil bastards? Um, <laughs> When them robots get to looking, <laughs> when watch robots, out. When robots milk. 
Um, also, I'm not Pornhub, sir. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I, I write down uh, dialogue that makes me happy. And uh, Hudson here says, well, stop your grinning and drop your linen. Because they found some heat signatures they're going to track down. Um, as they're moving through the building, uh, they realize that they can't use their ammunition. Because the uh, colony is basically just a giant nuclear reactor. So if they if they shoot, yep. they could set it off and... You know, Everybody go boom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um... So, you know, now you're in there looking for hostile aliens and you're not allowed to shoot them if you find them. Um, but uh, they can use their flamethrowers. They allow the flame units, yeah. The flame units. Um, Hicks has a sawed-off shotgun that, I guess, um, I don't know. Family heirloom, I guess. It stays <laughs> on him at all times. Yeah, they're like, don't use bullets. And he's like, what about my shotgun? And they're like, "I Sure. Um, maybe they had like super future bullets that they weren't allowed to use and the shotguns, you know, retro. Um, they find, uh, oh, except for Vasquez and, uh, uh, I don't remember his name here, but you know, the guy from Shawshank Redemption, um, Boggs, um, they kept, they kept their ammunition cause they don't play by the rules. Um, and by the way just to skip ahead they end up shooting a lot of those bullets and they don't cause any damage whatsoever so could have saved a lot of lives if they'd been allowed to have their bullets that's all I'm saying Um, they find uh, the bodies uh, that have just been used as incubators kind of like plastered to the walls with some sort of alien sex goo I don't know it's the name of my band (laughs) Um, and this is where we find a survivor and uh, it's a great moment where she begs them to kill her and then an alien bursts out of her chest Um, and then of course they burn it with a flamethrower but Ripley's watching on like they're all wearing like the the helmet cams um, which is another Mm -hmm. like uh, you know device that the movie uses um that a million movies have used since this. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So once they burn up that body, then the aliens start to stir. And so there's all these like really cool shots of like just the silhouettes of aliens, like kind of coming around the corner or like they've been on the wall the whole time and they start to move. Um, a lot of that's really cool. Um, and then, uh, you know, they descend upon and decimate the Marines. Like they just get their, their S. Well, we have the heat, the, the heat yeah. thing going off. And, um, is it Hicks who has it this time? And he's all like, I'm getting stuff from everywhere. And they're like, I don't see anything. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And then boom. They just, I mean, fall on them and just fuck them up, dude. And you don't see a ton of it. I was, you know, I knew it about Alien, but I never really <laughs> thought about in Aliens, 
Like, they, they're pretty precious with those suits also. Like, you get, like, little glimpses of them, but you don't really get a ton of full-on, like, alien action until toward the end. They they saved a lot of it. And in my mind, growing up, I'm like, man, there's probably, like, a thousand aliens in this movie, but there's not really. Like, you know, they quick glimpses and then, like, flashes of them, but they use them pretty sparingly, honestly. Um but it doesn't feel that way. I don't way. mind it. It works. No, I think it's great. I'm just saying it doesn't feel that way. In my mind, like, I just seem to remember so much more alien stuff, but the movie is just so, like, compelling, even when they're used very sparingly. Um, it's just, it's funny that I've never really noticed um, how little they actually use them. Um, and it works. Uh, let's see, uh, the lieutenant sucks, dude, he's, like, just basically leaving these guys in there to die, and Ripley's gotta take over, but as soon mm-hmm. as she's like, I'm gonna do something, he's like, hey, well, uh, uh, a lady's gonna drive, um, I also like that this tank tops out at the, uh, neck-breaking speed of seven miles per hour, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I like this movie a lot. Uh, I love it. In fact, it's one of my favorite movies, and I think it's perfect. Uh, but there is some goofy shit. Um, there's a scene when the aliens first attack where one drops down from the ceiling and grabs somebody, and then they go, like, flying back up to the ceiling together that made me chuckle because uh, it just looked very silly. Yeah, the, the, that Batman fucking-looking shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Swear to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, so she crashes the uh, that tank into wherever they are, and the remaining Marines are able to get out, but there's only a few of them left. You got Vasquez uh, and her friend. I don't remember his name. Uh, I got a problem here. Hudson Hicks, Uh-oh. and and I think that's it. What's your problem? So What's your problem? Um, it is. <laughs> it's very well known that. Anything that uh, the the xenomorph's blood touches just like instantly melts, mm-hmm. sure. like yeah. layers and layers deep. She runs over a whole ass xenomorph, and you see its blood go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that tank takes on zero damage. Well, okay, now their blood <laughs> is acidic, and it did leak through their ship. Um, in the first movie, but this is a tank built for like military, like it, it may be built of a kind of metal that you couldn't just melt with acid. Um, maybe no, it took on a little damage, but, um, it wasn't, it didn't totally fuck it up like it should have. I'm just saying that like, you know, the, the acid melted through like Hicks's armor and his gun, and it also melted through like the Nostromo's like floor, like and in like. But you're talking inside the ship. I don't know if it would melt, and it eventually stopped. I don't know if it would melt through like the hull or some other like metal that's more fortified to take on more damage. Maybe. I don't know. I just I expected. I it's been a while since I've seen it, but I just I expected when she drove over that xenomorph and like the blood is clearly everywhere that the tank would start sizzling or something. Well, Kendall, I don't know if you heard earlier, but she was going like seven miles per hour. So she's got, she got out of there pretty fast. She was tear assing through that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I don't know the exact, um, I don't know the exact lethalness of the, of the acid blood. It seems to be whatever it's convenient for from scene to scene. Um, because they blow up a lot of aliens in this movie and blood's getting everywhere. And sometimes it burns people and sometimes I guess it missed them or they had on those fucking ponchos like they're at the front row of a Gallagher show. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Gallagher's running around smashing the xenomorphs with a mallet. <laughs> oh, no, that's a movie. So I'm way more familiar with Black Gallagher than I am with Gallagher. <laughs> so I, I can't, I can't picture Gallagher like I know what Gallagher looks like, looked like, but I can just picture Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I want to smash some fruit. That's all I can ever think of <laughs> when I think of Gallagher. Continue. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. Um, that, that was, that yeah, was the whole stick. Um, I did note uh, probably my favorite line of dialogue in this movie mm-hmm. right here. Maybe you haven't been keeping up on current events, but we just got our asses kicked, pal. Yeah. <laughs> such a bitch. Um, he's such a little bitch. Um but to be fair, um, I mean, he is supposed to be a soldier, but also he's young and he just saw a bunch of fucking xenomorphs. And by the way, I would not be cool. And just lost a bunch of friends. I would not be cool if I saw a xenomorph. I would not be helpful. I'd be exactly like, in fact, I wouldn't be as helpful as Hudson was probably. Like, if you get in that situation with me, like, I'm not going to like rise to the occasion. I'm just letting everybody know. I'm not going to be Burke and try to like throw an alien at you while you're asleep, but I'm probably going to be the first to go. <laughs> I'm going to shit my <laughs> pants and cry and then, and then be dead in, in that order. <laughs> so I thought he was pretty brave. Honestly, I thought Hudson was a hero. Uh, <laughs> um, Ripley assures Newt that um, she won't leave you, Newt, I promise. And that's an important promise that she intends on keeping um, as we build to the climax of the film. Um, uh, turns out Bishop's all right and Burke was the bad guy. <gasps> um, yeah, capitalism. Um, he's been trying to find the aliens because all he cares about is money. And this is where she gets in his face about finding that order that he sent um let's see um hudson has another told so basically this is oh they try to escape their ship uh crashes um and uh so now they're stuck on the planet they don't have a way to get their drop ship back down to them um because the remote to the drop ship was in their ship that crashed um Bishop comes up with this Before idea we get that... get our first game over, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Bishop comes up with this plan that they could go out to, like, this antenna and, like, reroute it and then hack into it and then remote the um, dropship down that way. Um, but one of them would have to go out there. And then Bishop says that it's probably best that he should go out there and then we get some more Hudson, like, yeah, man, Bishop should go. But before they even decide, he's like, I'm not going, fuck that, no way. Like, just, once again, I feel like this is completely understandable. Um, And I don't think anybody there wanted Hudson to be the one uh, (laughs) to go out there and save them. No. 
Doug, were you about to say something? No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So that's the whole that's the whole plan. They cut a little Andy Dufresne hole in a pipe for uh, Bishop to crawl through, and uh, he, yeah. And so he heads out to the antenna, and he to, super crawls through that some bitch. He's just like, yeah. he's an artificial person. Jimmy, he's boot scoop boogie. <laughs> Um, and then there's a, uh, then we get a, a fun scene of, uh, Ripley, uh, and Hicks and Hicks is teaching Ripley about, uh, the assault rifle. Mm-hmm. She's gripping it. Everybody. Um, there's some sexual tension there between Hicks and, and, and Ripley. Because Hicks is like, you're pretty badass. And Ripley's like, fuck yeah, I am. Have you seen my sneaker collection? Because it's dope. Um, Do you remember when Reebok released those those shoes a couple years ago that were just like hers in this movie? It was for like whatever anniversary? Yes, I do. Yeah, in 2016, right? 30th anniversary? I think so. Caleb's got four pair in his closet displayed in shadow boxes. Yes. Um, at least like, why do you have those? I'm like, cause she's cool. <laughs> know how I feel about sneakers and you don't ever wear them. Sorry to let you guys in on some of our troubles. So that was a glimpse into something we didn't need to see. <laughs> it's been really hard. Um, apparently it hasn't. <laughs> God, day and night he sits up there with those sneakers. <laughs> um. All right, so um, Ripley uh, goes back into the room where she she left Newt to take a nap, but Newt is sleeping under the bed um, because she's a survivor. Um, she knows she's not safe uh, up on the bed, so. Um, Ripley uh, crawls under the bed and like snuggles up with her, and then they and then they fall asleep together. Uh, and this is a great scene where um, this scene's so great. Where Ripley wakes up because she hears something, and she sees uh, one of the tanks that the uh, the alien the face hugger was in in the lab. It's mm-hmm. open in the floor, and so then she's like, "Oh, okay." Uh, so she reaches up to grab her gun. Also not there. So now, Let's go. now she realizes she's been set up and then she wakes up Newt and that, that moment's great too where she's like, wake up, we're in trouble. Like, it's just, like, she's not bullshitting this kid but at the same time, you know, she's keeping her cool. Like, I fucking, I love Ripley so much. Such a badass. Dude, she's amazing. In every um, aspect of the word. Yeah. Uh, speaking of badass, Hicks does this fucking sweet dive through the glass Oh um, man, it's so awesome! The <laughs> he way fucking it, cross body blocks that bitch, fuck yeah. and he's just like, "I'm here to fucking fuck shit up now." Come on. The way it happens is so great too, because he's like, "Shoot the glass!" And then, I mean, it's all one motion. He commands them to shoot it, and he starts running toward it. So as they shoot it, he dives right through. It is fuck awesome. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great stunt. I fucking love it. Um, they uh. 
they save uh they save Ripley and Newt. Um and then we get this scene where they're like deciding whether or not they're gonna kill Burke. <laughs> and uh Hicks is ready to do it. And then uh they cut the power off, which is uh another great scene. Also in the extended cut, um there is this I think it's earlier. I think it's earlier when they when they ambush the Marines, but there's at some point in the movie I can't remember where, but it's so long. There's a scene where they have these automatic guns set to a computer, and the aliens are crawling toward the guns, and the guns are just going back and forth shooting the aliens, and then it's also keeping mm-hmm. count of how many aliens they killed. And this scene is like three minutes long, and it's literally just all of our heroes looking at computer screens and then cutting to the same four or five shots of aliens getting like shot and then back to like it is just so weird it's really weird i remember this i think that when they showed on tv this is added in because i I remember seeing this scene it's such a weird scene because it's not really a good action scene at all and um I don't know. So when I saw it, like my mind was blown because I was just like, this is like a three minute scene where, um, do you know, <laughs> you know, the, what's the movie that they make in Inglorious Bastards about the guy who shoots all those guys from that tower? And the whole movie is just him shooting uh, soldier after soldier. Like that's the entire movie. Do you remember this? I remember that, yeah. That's what that scene is. It's just aliens like running up and then getting shot and then (laughs) (laughs) that's the whole thing it's really weird um if you if you want to watch the director's cut just to see some of this stuff i mean it's worth seeing um i'm not saying that it like ruins the movie at all but i just some of it is like yeah we left that out for a reason i don't know um (laughs) But you can watch it. It's on the it's on the DVDs and the Blu-rays, and apparently it's on HBO. I I looked at HBO as well. And every every um every Alien movie, like they have all four of them on there, um, and they all have their extended versions as as special options. So, hmm. were you gonna say, Kendall? Um, that explains maybe explains something that I wondered about earlier. When Hicks was showing uh, Ripley his gun, yes. there was like a little digital readout that had a number on it. It had like 45 or something, 49 on it. Maybe yeah, that that's, was like the, uh, that's the count, uh, how many bullets it has left. There's a, uh, okay. there's, a whole plot, a there's a whole plot of this of how many bullets are in these automatic guns they're using. You got It's so weird. I can't even explain really what's going on in it. It's just like aliens running toward guns and they're shooting them and then they cut back to the people at the computer and they're like 17 now like i don't know it's just it's it's a weird yeah that's totally not needed no it's really weird um but this scene is great because this is the scene where um man this man probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie i don't know i have so many but this is the heat signature scene, and then Hicks and uh, Vasquez are trying to seal the door with the with their torches mm-hmm. as the aliens are moving closer and closer. And then they get so close that Ripley's like, that's impossible. That's inside the room. And uh, Yeah, this is a great scene. Oh, it's so good because they're looking around, and like she's looking at the floor. She's like, no, it can't be. And then like that slow realization... 
as she looks up at the ceiling. And then even Hudson is like, oh, fuck, man. And then Hicks jumps up there. And he, like, does that slow turn of that flashlight. And you just see that fucking xenomorph. See him running towards you. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. And then then they start This is the scene I always, when you say aliens, that's the scene that automatically pops into my head. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, too. Like, to me, this is the movie. Um, This last, I'd say this whole, when I think of Alien, I think of this last half hour. Even though I love every bit of it. Yeah. But um, when I was a kid, like this last 30 minutes, of this movie was just fucking the greatest thing that I'd ever seen. Um, let's see. Um, okay. Yep. So uh, they start falling through the roof. This whole scene is just um, I- incredible. And then, um, you know, of course, everything gets bad. Hudson gets fucking drug into the ground. Because they are underneath them as well. Um, Burke locks uh, everyone in that room. um, So they have to go into the air shafts um, to escape the aliens. Um, Oh, dude, there's a fucking... There is a fucking sweet shot down the air shaft of the alien like like clawing through it. Dude. I think when I think about aliens, I think about that. I love that shot of the light behind him, and he's just fucking like, like a rat, like scurrying through that. Yeah, scurrying oh, up there. God, that's so good. Um, fuck, I love that so much. Um, Vasquez and uh, the lieutenant get separated, and like they're out of ammo, um, and the aliens are like like about to be on top of them, but he's got a fucking grenade in his pocket. So he sets that off. Um, so now I think at this point, our only survivors are, uh, Newt and Ripley and Hicks. Hicks. Um, as they're trying to escape, Newt falls into like, I don't know, the cog of like a giant oversized clock. I don't know what was going on there. (laughs) And she like rolls under, uh, some piece of machinery and get separated from uh from, from the space windmills <laughs> yeah <laughs> space mill <laughs> there's no wind in space but i built all these windmills <laughs> just in case they're powered by all the night cars <laughs> <laughs> night car is sweeping the nation by the way I, people i saw people <laughs> Dude, I got so many voicemails before they turned our number off uh, where people are like, man, I'm d- from now on, I'm driving at night. <laughs> is that is that night car slogan? Driving at night. From now at night. We're going on a night drive. <laughs> Night car, come to a town near you. <laughs> Avoid it. <laughs> Tickets are free. We pay you to come. <laughs> Whew. All right. Um. Yeah. So, uh, Newt, uh, Newt falls into that uh, whatever that piece of machinery is, and then um, Ripley kind of tracks her down but she's in the floor so uh hicks has to start cutting a hole in the floor 
And then we get that iconic newt uh, in the water shot as the xenomorph comes up behind her, um, which is just... Yeah, that's the jaw shot. Dude, it's just, it's a thing of beauty. Um, I get so excited, and, and every time I love it. Um, but once she's taken away, um, you know, they, they're they're able to like cut a hole in the floor but not in time to save her and um the heat signatures are like on top of them again and hicks is like we got to get out of here so he drags uh he drags ripley uh to safety um on their way out he gets burned because a fucking (laughs) uh xenomorph tries to catch a ride on the elevator and uh it's a good thing he had that sawed off because he shot it with the go ahead it was like comic relief for like a split second when they yeah. punch that elevator button and it doesn't the door yeah. close. <laughs> there's, punch a, it again. there's a lot of those moments in this movie where something just hangs there for just like a second longer or something kind of silly happens and I'm just like, oh, I like that. Like, you know, it's not enough like it's not enough to completely break the tension, but it's a little bit and it's uh, it's much appreciated. Um, my favorite one is when. I mean, I'm going to skip to it right now, but my favorite moment of, of comic relief in this movie is when Ripley opens that door and fucking the Bishop's torso goes like sliding across. <laughs> <the movie>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this trails like, dude, you can't tell me that Jim Cameron wasn't like laughing his ass off when they filmed that. And he's like, yeah, that's going in <laughs> Bishop torsos in the movie. Let me tell you. Um, God, that's funny. Spilling taper scent on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Alfredo sauce got everywhere. Um, (laughs) All right, so... uh, Oh, dude. Hicks gets burned, and then Ripley has to kind of fucking help him out. Okay. Michael Bean... It's going through his armor. Michael Bean, when he gets up to the surface and she's carrying him... He's doing some big acting with his face as he's like limping to the, he's there. I mean, there is some big face acting going on with that limp. I don't know what, I don't know what he was going for. I, when people get injured in movies, I like to see how they like react afterward. Yes. And I always, I hate that when people like limp for weird reasons, like his stomach was injured. Like, yeah. maybe that would cause a lot of pain throughout your body, and you might need support for walking. But, I don't know. I just, I, I really pay attention when people get injured to see, like, Dude, how they his, react. his limp and the face he was making to go with it, it was so, like, it was Seriously. huge. I was just, was, he was in a different movie then. Um, <laughs> Alright, um, Ripley, uh, Ripley gets, uh, Ripley gets hit Hicks on the ship and then she straps up and she goes back in there, dude. She gets on the elevator. She is going for Newt. She made that promise earlier and she's going to keep it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm super hyped um, at this point in time. Uh, Newt uh, is in the egg room, so she's got that, that alien fluid i don't know what it is uh strapped her to the wall she's been cocooned by the way these these aliens have a lot more fluid than the last aliens there is alien goo a plenty in this film it's more viscous but then you've also got the egg sac liquid 
um, that was very upsetting. That has been upsetting me for uh, <laughs> 28 years or however long I've been watching this. The We'll get to it in a second, but the I'm telling the egg sack upsets me. <laughs> um, Man, there's a shot right here that's probably my favorite shot in this entire movie. Hit me with when um, when Ripley gets into the room. You know when she hears um, Newt scream and and goes into the egg room, whatever. Yeah, and uh, that xenomorph like jumps through i don't know it's like a big hallway or something Mm -hmm. and you can kind of see that it's like a person in a costume but like you get the full like body shot in motion like in bright light it is so cool yeah i don't know it's It's like it's parkouring across like between two walls and it just looks so cool like they got a bunch of like ballerinas and, and gymnasts to play the aliens in this movie so they could move and shit like that. It just looked so cool. I loved that shot a lot. That's cool. Yeah, um, then all the fire, all the bullets. Yeah, well we get the uh we get the reveal <coughs> of the alien queen, um, which this thing is fucking gnarly. Um That was designed by James Cameron. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. Like he took, <clears throat> he took that xenomorph design and just like fucking ran a '90s X-Men filter over it. And uh, that thing is like, it's it's so massive. And then like even it's you know the alien has like that long mouth and then the little mouth that comes out. Well, the fucking queen's mouth is fucking like, dude. It's crazy. This design is amazing. Even after, God, I don't know, however long it's been out, 35 years or whatever it is. That thing was like 15 feet tall, and it took 16 puppeteers to operate it. Dude. I still love it. I mean, it looks amazing. Now, it has a moment of comedy, too, where it doesn't quite get to a door fast enough and just, like, bumps right into it, But um, which also made me giggle. Um, but yeah, dude, that thing is, that thing's incredible. And this is one of my favorite scenes, um, where the queen like motions and two aliens kind of step out of the shadows. Yeah. Like they just kind of come creeping out of the darkness and then Ripley, you know, demonstrates what her flamethrower does and then points it at the, uh, at the eggs and then the queen's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Back up. Back, back up. Back up. And then the aliens just kind of like move backwards, like back into the dark again. I love it. I think it looks so cool. And I like the idea that the aliens do have some sort of organization because they act like just animals. Um, yeah. But there is a there is like a hierarchy and they listen to the queen, which I find very fascinating. Um. Ripley and Newt are about to walk out until one of the eggs open, and then fucking Ripley gives that fucking look to the queen, where she's just like, fucked up. And then she just sets all those eggs on fire. Um, and then mm-hmm. starts launching grenades into the egg sack. Upsetting. I just want you to know, when that fucking... I don't know what's in there. Sack water. When that sack water came out, I was... 
Upset. Old sack water, keep on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. There's something about adding liquid to something that makes. Let me it tell so you about something about sack water. Let me tell you about sack water. Have you ever taken out a bag of trash that's been sitting out in the rain, and now it's full of now you got trash water? There's something about the same trash that was just in there, and then you've added liquid to it for some reason that makes it a thousand times more disgusting. Um, I don't want to touch wet filth. It's just gross. Um, so when anytime I see some sort of like nasty looking water, <laughs> sack water, <laughs> just don't like it. Ew, sack water. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, that sounds like a kid's last name. They're like, here comes sack water. <laughs> Jeff sack water. <laughs> Attorney at law. <laughs> Why did that make it funny? I don't know. I don't know. But it does. <laughs> <sighs> All right, they escape. <laughs> Um, she blows up the egg sack. Um, egg goo goes everywhere. I drew a sad face about it. Not kidding. Where's that sad face? I don't. Oh, I see it. Oh, there it is. That's unhappy the sad face about part. the egg goo. Um. <laughs> all right. Um. So we get that great scene where uh, you know, Ripley and Newt escape up the elevator as things are about to explode, and they get back up to the where the ship was and it's gone and there's the fake out where she thinks Bishop left her behind and she's like that fucking robot motherfucker I knew his Alfredo guts would not be there for us <laughs> um, but then you get the back to the future 2 scene or the yeah. or the fucking uh, Force Awakens scene or maybe it was The Last Jedi I don't know they've used this in 9,000 movies since then where it's just like, I'm all alone except a oh, fucking spaceship comes up behind me and, and saves the day. Um, but they get on the ship and they escape and then the planet explodes and the score here is fucking crazy as they're escaping the ship. Um, it is just big and, and and just very epic. Um, and then the planet just... What's up? Sorry, just part of that scene there that was like so like tender and moving almost when like when Ripley just thought it was over and she just told Newt, just close your eyes, baby. That, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me. She was yeah, she was ready to die. Like she didn't like the queen was coming up the stairs of the elevator shaft and yeah, and she tells Newt, just close your eyes like, you know, it's just um and then Bishop saves the day. Um, and then you get the, uh, and then you get the fake alien ending where it's just like, all right, well, our heroes are safe. And, uh, she like punches Bishop in the arm and she's like, ah, I still don't like your people, but you're not that bad, I guess. And, uh, you know, and uh, then all of a sudden, fucking the queen's tail. Which, by the way, where is the queen hiding? That thing's fucking gigantic. Um, 
the queen's tail rips Bishop in half. Um, and uh, the milk just... There's a lot of there's a lot the of milk. There's a lot of problematic I just liquids wrote milky in the spew. Film. Milky spew. Um yeah. So then uh you know, so now Newt runs into the floorboards. Um the queen's like ripping them up trying to get at her. Uh and then uh, that's when you get the the fucking epic reveal of uh, Ripley in the uh, in that mech uh, lifter suit, um, and it's so fucking great. Like, dude, that door slow opens and she steps out. She's fucking backlit, and then she steps into the frame and she delivers her fucking you know get away from her, you bitch, which is just fucking iconic. And yeah, then, I take uh, it back. That's my. That's got to be my favorite line. Yeah, it's so awesome, dude. It's so good. Like that's the kind of shit that James Cameron does. He's like, these makes these big fucking moments that you'll remember for the rest of your life, and that's one of them. Like, it's yep. just you think that I love shit like that. That like, hey, she knows how to use this loader, and then here's a two hour movie where you never fucking think about that loader again. And then it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, you know that thing we just showed you for some dumb reason? This was the reason. And it's fucking awesome. You're welcome. I'm James Cameron. Um, and that's how he ends <laughs> every interview and every commentary. <laughs> um, no. Um, yeah, so you know, now she's fighting the alien queen in the, uh, in the loader suit. Um, and she's trying to throw it into the, like the airlock, but the queen grabs her, pulls her down in the airlock with her. Um, we get one of my least favorite space movie tropes is where the the hero opens the airlock door and then is able to brace themselves against the vacuum of space. Yeah. Um, with one arm, no less. Like, that wouldn't have just ripped her arm off of her body. Um but it's all forgiven because this is where a fucking bishop goes scooting across the floor. So. <laughs> it's like a fucking tumbleweed. Um, and uh, they're able to get the door. Um, they're able to get the uh, door closed. They send the alien queen out into space. We assume that kills her. I don't know that those things can't survive and you know with no oxygen it's never made clear um uh, even if it doesn't it's just gonna float there for the rest of its life so i i do like a shot of something floating out into space i think that, i thought about you <laughs> yeah I, I do anytime something especially if there's like a especially if there's like a twirl motion to it like if you just go floating out into space like head over heel like for eternity <laughs> Uh, there's that that gets me going. Um, one of my favorite is, and I'm gonna call back to the very first episode of this show ever. Um, one of my favorite is the end of Dark Star, where uh, some guy fucking surfs a piece of a uh, surfs surfs a piece of a blown up ship and in, just into the horizon of space. Uh, just made me laugh very hard. Um. Yep. And then. Uh, 
there's that great moment where uh, Ripley, uh, you know, in appropriately sized underwear, um, is tucking Newt into her sleepy pod. And Newt, well, yeah, Newt calls her mommy. Newt calls before. her mommy uh, when they're escaping. Yeah, which, I, again, this is beautiful. I love it. So sweet. Um, and uh, Newt asks if it's okay for her to dream. And then Ripley says, I think it's okay for us both to dream. And then the last shot of the movie is they're all just like sleeping there with each other in their pods and happily ever after. And half <laughs> of uh, Bishop's. torn up halved ass I like the idea there might have been like we don't have we don't have enough pods and they're like well Bishop doesn't technically need you know put him in like a fucking Folgers tin you know (laughs) um yeah Bishop wouldn't have wanted one anyway he just like Y'all go ahead. Oh yeah. I'll just sit just, here and just fucking leak Olive Garden juice. I'll just, yeah, I'll just I'll just leak I'll this try vinaigrette to mop up. everywhere. <laughs> I'll try to mop. <laughs> I want the end credit scene to just be Bishop with a mop trying to like scooting around mopping, just making a bigger mess, and he just <laughs> turns around and he's like, Oh god. Oh. oh I did. I watched till the very end of the credits, and there is like did you guys watch till like the very, very end of the credits? Um, not this time. I have before, uh-huh. but I don't. I can't remember their. Being I don't think there. I there's, ever have. There's just a noise. It's just like two seconds of a noise, mm-hmm. and I want to believe that it's Bishop mopping the floor. Ah, oh, perfect. What's the noise? I don't really remember, but um, I think it can be mistaken for Bishop mopping the floor. So that's what we'll say it is. That's what it is. Oh, okay. It's canon. There we go. Um, yeah, man, this is a, I know we talked about last week, we were talking about how Alien was a perfect movie, but I also think that Aliens is a perfect movie. I think they're just different movies, but, um, man, this movie fucking rocks. Like. It's so much fun. I mean, it, it, you lose no interest from start to finish. No. It's gripping the entire time. That's James Cameron is like I know how to make I know how to make big blockbuster films they're going to make a shit ton of money but they're going to be engaging and uh they're just going to be fun. like dude his like I don't I don't know the way he understands movies is is so interesting and so unique than you know say Ridley Scott who I think is also a brilliant filmmaker I don't know it's just there's something special about it, man. And this movie, I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but set that aside, like, um, it's just one of my favorite movies ever. Um, I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Love it. Now, I know Doug gets off the train with the Alien franchise right here. Yep. This is my stop. Um, I'm a huge fan of Alien 3. I think Alien Resurrection is fine. Um, (laughs) And I love Prometheus and I like Alien Covenant a lot. I don't, there's not any that I won't watch. I think that, I think they're all totally watchable. But, um, which is the one with Danny McBride? That is, uh, that's Covenant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's good. I haven't seen it. It's good. Um, but yeah, these two are special though. Like, and, and I'll say that 
you know, I like this franchise, but these two stand, I mean, head and shoulders above above the rest. <coughs> I think the others are all good or have good things about them, but they're never like, you know, they're just they're they're playing a different game completely. They're not even in the same league. So, um, I was really glad that well, we I won't say both that these. aliens. I won't say that alien. Well, alien or aliens are among like my favorite movies, just because I I don't really have a soft spot for sci-fi. But they're both well. Um, aliens is really really fun, so I would watch it again. I enjoyed it. Have you ever seen three and four? I don't think so. Don't waste your time. <laughs> you should check them out. Three, <laughs> three especially is a cool. Is also David Fincher's first movie ever, but there's a lot of studio interference, and so yeah. But Ripley's fucking great in it. Um, and then four is like. Four is dumb, but also, like, this French guy made it, so he kind of did some weird, cool stuff with it, and Ron Perlman's there. Um, I like Ron And Perlman. Winona Ryder. And Winona Ryder. Very... I like Winona Ryder. There's some interesting I things too, happening but that movie with There's some interesting things happening with Four. Like, literally, um, uh, this French director that, like, I was, like... Like, I didn't know anything about him when I was a kid, but then, like, later in life, Dennis was like way into these French movies by this one particular director and I started looking into this guy because we were watching his movies I'm like oh my god this guy made Alien Resurrection this is insane so um, one of my favorite my favorite Alien Resurrection story is and I've told it on this show I'm sure is that I wanted to see it my parents saw it in the movie theater and I had been allowed to watch all of the other three films um in like in my house which was like you know my parents would decide what was or not appropriate for me to watch and um but uh so they went to see alien resurrection and then uh when it came out on vhs um my dad i my dad was gonna rent it for me and then when he came home he was like well your mother and i had a talk and we'd seen it and we just you know there's some pretty graphic stuff in it we just don't we're not going to let you watch Alien Resurrection. And I was so crushed because Aliens is the greatest movie ever made. And I like Alien and Alien 3. And I'm just like, this is a new Alien movie. And I'm so excited. And like, I don't know, I'm like 12 or 13 when this is coming. I'm so excited. And uh, my dad's like, yeah, we just, we can't let you watch it, bud. I'm sorry. But to make it up to, we rented you something else and we rented you Batman and Rob. Predator. It was Batman and Robin. And I just remember telling my dad, that movie sucks. Like, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was so hurt that they <laughs> wouldn't let me watch. And then later in life, I watched Alien Resurrection and I was like, oh, well, that <laughs> made a big fuss about Maybe it. Maybe they just didn't want to sit through it again. <laughs> I just made a big fuss about, you know, something that's not that great. But, um,. <coughs> Ripley's really good at basketball in Alien Resurrection, so. Okay. Yeah, just letting you know. But yeah, man, um, I like this franchise, but I love these first two movies on a level that just, I mean, they're two of my favorite movies of all time, so. 
Glad we watched him. Had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice returning to him. It's been a while since I'd seen both of these. It's been mm-hmm. a while. Um, all right. Um, before we move on, I've got a Caleb's perfect pairing. We debuted this last week to rave reviews. Caleb's sweet set. Uh, yeah, the sweet set is here. Um, I was going to do something stupid again, but I'm going to give you a real one. Um, so for me, this movie goes hand in hand with another movie. Um, probably the two most important. 101 Dalmatians. It's probably the two most important movies uh, to me at this time. Uh, both made by the same director. Uh, and so my perfect pairing for this is James Cameron's uh, Terminator 2 uh, Judgment Day. Um, so these movies were like, like I just said, it was weird for me to get to watch like a rated R movie in my house. Cause my parents were so like uptight about that. But, um, the two that I was allowed to watch, uh, whenever I wanted for some reason were, uh, aliens and Terminator two. And so, um, I would watch both of those movies constantly. Like I have both these movies like memorized, Pretty much. I've seen them so much. So, um, if you want to have the best double feature ever, I would watch Aliens and then follow it up with Terminator 2. And you're just going to have a great night of perfect action. Good. So, was this... Uh, I know... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I know you said last week uh, the reason that you chose... Um, <clears throat> what was it? Mouse Hunt? Yeah. Uh, was because, like, at the heart... Uh, like you got down to the heart of what Alien was. All right, so you um, want to know what the heart of this film is? Yeah, and how it how it relates All to right. the heart um, of the film. Uh, yeah, Terminator Two. Uh, well, okay, well it doesn't. Those are just perfect. Those are just perfect movies to watch together. The heart of the film, um, the heart of the film is motherhood, um, and. Uh, and raise and raising a child uh, with great potential that's not your own. So if you want to go that direction, I would recommend The Blind Side, starring Sandra Bullock. Um, <laughs> she also finds a child that's not hers and uh, rescues it from you know uh, a, a bad situation. So there you go, folks. Uh, okay. You can you can choose your own adventure. Um, I would probably go Terminator Two, but you might have been like, I haven't seen Tim McGraw act in a while, so. Um, <laughs> I'm thrown on the blind side. He's in that movie? Yeah, he's Sandra Bullock's yeah. husband, and he owns a franchise of Taco Bell restaurants. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've only seen this movie once, but I remember that distinctly. <laughs> I know he's in the, isn't he in that Friday Night Lights movie? He's some football mm-hmm. player's dad? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done a bit of acting. Um... <laughs> So there you go. Niche role of football player's dad. <laughs> oh man. Well, he's just his resting face is he'd be uncomfortable if his son wanted to dance ballet, so um he's perfect for that role. Yeah. Um in real well, um, life, I, I couldn't recommend you watch The Blind Side. I can't stand movies where it's just like, thank God those white people were there. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, boy. Um, I just, man, if that white lady hadn't intervened in that kid's life, God, white people are so great. Thank you, white people. 
<laughs> all of us people of color can only achieve our highest, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, our highest goals if you guys help us with your understanding and your and all the money you have because you make sure you're the only ones that have it. But thanks for buying me some jeans with it. Thanks, white mama. <laughs> 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 Fuck those movies. That, uh, that's just the name of the movie. Thanks, White <laughs> thanks, Mama. Can't stand them. Sentimental, oh, tacky no, bullshit. I'm, I'm legit, like, proud that you were able to, co- like, get down to the heart of Aliens and choose another film to pair with it based on that brief synopsis. That's I pretty, put, uh, I put a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm not just, I'm not just launching a segment with no effort. Uh, the people, the people are clamoring for, for my sweet set. <laughs> I would have paired aliens with Twister. Oh, that's that a good way one. You could have just had a Bill Paxton chasing shit night. That's a good one. Um, man. Okay. You want to, if you want to go down, if you want to go down that, uh, hole as well. Um, I don't know why I said whole. Um, you could go um, Bill Paxton um, supporting roles. So you could go Aliens with Hudson and then you do another Jim Cameron movie, uh, True Lies, where he plays the used car salesman. Um, yeah. Dude, that's a great. I thought you were going to go with Tate. That's a great Bill Paxton role where he's just like, I got him lining up and not just the skanks either. Well, some are. <laughs> this is one of my favorite line deliveries in history. I mean, look at me. I'm not that much to look at. No, 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 I can be honest. But I got them lining up. And not just the skanks either. Well, some are. So good. And then later, when the helicopter's following them, and uh, and they're like reporting back to Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're like, I think she just put her head in, in his lap. And then the other guy in the helicopter goes... Oh yeah, her head's in his lap, all right. Yahoo. <laughs> True lies, everybody. Check it out. Underrated. All right. Anything else to say about aliens or about space before we bring this uh, bring this thing back to Earth? Space is spooky, yo. Sure is. It's cold. People can't hear you scream. Mm-mm. That's far away too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've enjoyed uh, I've enjoyed Ransom Space. This was a super fun uh, series. Yeah, we can return to it sometime. <coughs> Lots more space. Infinite, they yeah, say. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> what they say. But God tells me otherwise. Yeah, what do they know? Um, yeah, man, this was a good one. Doug, uh, we're kicking off a brand new limited series next month for uh, <laughs> month of October, which is always a really special month because not only was that this is right about the time of year that we started doing the podcast. Um, it's it's Columbus know, Day. That's right. Fall is in the air. It's the holiday season. It's it's all here, man. So. Um, I get jazzed uh, for this time of year um, for Halloween and for talking about horror movies uh, with you guys uh, around Halloween. Um, just takes 
just takes my favorite thing to do, makes it a little more special. So um, we try to pick um, exciting films uh, or just something fun for Halloween. And uh, Doug, why don't you uh, why don't you let the people know what we'll be covering for the month of October? I certainly will. This year we are going to uh, cover. Um, well, the name of the series is TCR Sucks. Mm-hmm. And we will we I can't talk. We will be covering vampire cinema. Just so you know. Um, you could apply that title to all of our limited series. Um, yeah, people have been calling us that to begin with. So now we done, <laughs> now we done flipped it on its head, brother. Yeah, what are you gonna do now? We know we suck. Self-aware. <laughs> have uh, how the turntables have. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we are covering uh, vampire films. Um, for the month of October and uh, leading up mm-hmm. to our, uh, yep, and so there are four weeks um, in October, so that means uh, we, next week we can start with Twilight and uh, on the and then last Eclipse week we can, and, yeah. and the <laughs> Vampire uh, Diaries, the whole show, yep. we're going to talk about it. <laughs> and our big series finale, two-parter, uh, Breaking Dawn. Uh, where the first two-hour movie is about them getting married and going on their honeymoon. And then the second two-hour movie, vampire stuff happens, kind of. So. And then our Halloween bonus pod where we talk about the littlest vampire with that kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, the human head Aww. weighs eight pounds. <laughs> Remember that movie? It's not good. What, Jerry Maguire? No, the littlest oh, vampire yeah, or whatever no, the hell no, it was called. No. Yeah, no, that kid blew up because of Jerry Maguire, and they're like, "You brought the fucking swing fist when uh, I he thought I was talking about Jerry Maguire." Ooh, <laughs> don't you say one uncommon word you, about Jerry Maguire. Uh, we live in a. I'll punch you through this computer world. so fast. You remember that Pat Oswalt story about his brother screaming, <laughs> "Fuck you, <laughs> Jerry Maguire!" Fuck you. Uh, I do love Jerry Maguire. It's a great movie. Um, I've never seen it. Oh, really? It's good. I've never seen out. all of it. You should check it out. Uh, Kuba won an Oscar, and uh, he deserved it because he was incredible. Uh, Regina King is also in that movie, and she's amazing. All right, yeah, so we're talking vampire films. We're not talking about Twilight. If you got excited, I'm sorry I did that to you. <laughs> no one um, got excited. No, we're, we picked out, I think, some really fun titles, and, uh, and it's going to be great. I'm really excited. And we're doing a Halloween bonus show because that's what we do. So that's what we do. What we do. It's Halloween. Still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. Um I think uh I think Spooky Buddies was decided on and uh, the people are ready. Yeah, I'll be absent that show. <laughs> now just because Airbud wasn't any good doesn't mean that Spooky Buddies can't prevail. I'm gonna go ahead and say it sucks, Caleb. We <laughs> <laughs> go out on that limb. Oh man, it was Spooky Buddies it was like the Citizen Kane of the Airbud franchise. You're missing out. Y'all have fun. <laughs> All right, yeah. Do we know? Do we even know what we're starting with next week? Yeah, when I finally get everyone's movies, I, I randomize it, and whatever comes up first is what we watch first. And uh, we're kicking it off with Caleb's pick, which is from Dust Till Dawn. 
it's one of my favorites. Uh, I've seen it a bunch. Um, it, it's great every time. So, um, a lot of fun. Tarantino, Rodriguez, vampires. What? Tarantino, Rodriguez. The way you said you Rodriguez. said Rodriguez really weird. You're like Rodriguez. Like his first thing was Rod. <laughs> Rodriguez and Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Uh, attorney at law. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vampires. People get excited. TCR sucks oh, all October man. long. Actually, all year long. All year long. <laughs> You've been listening the last hour and a half here. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. So. And that Halloween bonus pod, when we figure it out, TBD, you'll hear it on Halloween morning as yep. when you open your Halloween presents. <laughs> well, you got to have some new traditions this year. <laughs> Why the hell not? Oh, man. <clears throat> That's what I'm going to tell Grace. I'm like, I guess because we couldn't trick or treat, I guess the Halloween Santa came this time. The Great Pumpkin, thank you. <gasps> we should do the Great Pumpkin. I bought a shit ton of pumpkins today, by the way. I got a bunch. Um, it's just decorating my house. Um, okay, that's it. Uh, let's head on over to the Horror Horn Shoe, which there's actually some news this week. So uh, <gasps> hit that horn shoe. <laughs> thank you. Um, all right. Uh, Fear Fest lineup got announced. Um, we talk about it every year, but this year it's actually cool. Um, cause they're doing it all month long again. And, uh, because they yeah, I guess they finally heard that people are sick of fucking two weeks of it and nothing but walking dead marathons. It's a, walking Halloween dead, five. It's a walking dead marathon from, uh, 6am to 5pm. And then at 5pm they play Halloween five. And then right after that, right back into the walking dead. Um, that's the schedule. Then Bride of Chucky in the middle of the night, randomly. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you get a Bride of Chucky. No, there's a, there's probably, I mean, there's dozens of movies on there. Uh, all the classics, couple of newer ones. Um, you know, it's always, it's always fun to have it on in the, in the background when you, when you're doing stuff through the month of October. So I'm glad to see Fear Fest is back, personally. Um, tons of new stuff, as we mentioned before, on Shutter, uh, this month. So and next month uh which is our next news story we got a new joe bob special coming just in time for halloween Mm -hmm. um and based on that artwork looks like a very familiar log cabin uh in tennessee to me Uh, so i believe they're gonna be talking about the evil dead um unless that is just a generic cabin that i have mistaken but i don't think no, that's 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 the Evil Dead cabin. Looks like it to me. Um, so maybe they'll now, be I wonder doing... if they're going to do three movies, like Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two. Hopefully, Evil Dead. Um, whatever year it was with me, twenty fourteen, thirteen, something like that. It was thirteen. <clears throat> I love that movie. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do. It's good, it's great. I don't know if they'll do. In the archives, we talked about it. Yeah, we did. We did a whole Evil Dead series. We sure did. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll do two or three movies or what, but um, you know, I'm excited. I, those are always fun, anyway. Um, and I would love to watch Joe Bob talk about Evil Dead. 
and get a kick out of that, I'm sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Speaking of Evil Dead, uh, Army of Darkness uh, getting a 4K Blu-ray release, uh, just like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. So, so many of those movies floating around. Uh, dude, I had... I've had at least two or three copies of Evil Dead 2, and I know I've had multiple copies of uh, uh, Army of Darkness, but I have not purchased any of the 4K. Um, I just... Maybe if they put it in a box set, I'll, I'll grab it. But I've got multiple copies of these movies. I just can't, you know. I, I just can't well, if they put it in a box set, it. it'll be the, the Evil Dead with the new score, which... Ooh, which I didn't yeah, care for. I didn't care for that. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just... So yeah. since I don't care for it, you shouldn't buy it. Yeah. You're, yeah, I forgot about that new score. Yeah, anyway, um, coming to 4K, uh, Army of Darkness, pick it up. Um, all right. Uh, the other uh, big news that came from Shutter uh, this week was a creep show Halloween special as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're animated. Animated. Yeah. So they're still working on season two <coughs> of Creep Show. Um, but for Halloween, they're just like, surprise, motherfuckers. Here's a creep show animated special uh, featuring uh, animated adaptations of a Stephen King short story called Survivor Type, which is awesome. And then a Joe Hill short story, which I don't remember the name of that one. I wasn't familiar with it, but um, so that'll be fun. It will be. That's all the news I got, brother. If you want to kick it on over to the Rants Recommends. Kick it! Kick it! I'm going to pause real quick. Don't worry about it. You know, this is, they say you should never go chasing waterfalls. That's what they say. Are we back? I feel like Caleb's either frozen or oh my god! I was act, I was I was waiting to see if somebody was gonna be like I think he froze. <laughs> Couldn't keep it up. I was trying really hard not to move. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, we've been back this whole time. Um, in fact, I never oh, paused cool. it so everyone could hear me pee. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't. Apparently, I peed loud. Everybody. All right, what'd you guys watch this week? <laughs> <laughs> I watched a lot. Um, so I watched um, Ratchet. Um, are you guys familiar? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, is it the new series on Netflix? Yes. Um, okay. I won't say it's the greatest thing ever. It's it's another Ryan Murphy um, baby. Um, mm-hmm. It's it feels very American Horror Story. Ryan it, uh, Murphy movie. baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay so sarah paulson is like the lead and apparently i'm 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 not familiar with one flew over the cuckoo's nest but it is based on a character from the novel i don't know if this character appears in the movie as well Mm, but um yeah, Nurse Ratched. Um, yeah, it's like a 
it's a thriller crime drama sort of series um the first episode i was not into but um all the episodes thereafter um and uh, ramped up pretty good um i finished it it's it's pretty good um i'd recommend it um, how many episodes eight i think they're an hour right at an hour long uh yeah, I mean, if you like American Horror Story, like the way it looks, everything, it's just, it's very Ryan Murphy. Very. Um, mm. I also watched um, a movie called Coherence. Are you guys familiar with this movie? Um, no. <laughs> Sounds familiar, um, maybe? I don't think so. So I watched it on, I think it was Prime. It's from like... 2013, 14, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. It stars Nicholas Brendan, who um, played Xander in the Buffy TV show. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know if you guys would like it. It's a little out there, but it is, it's like this group of friends is having a dinner party and there Already is. <laughs> there is, I know. Uh, friends there there is um like uh, a media a meteor shower or something or a comet there's a comet that's passing whatever and there's like weird astrological stuff at play i don't know there's i don't know it's I don't know. I can't really What's explain it, it without. What's it about? I can't, <laughs> I can't explain it. Your friends, and then one of them is a Gemini. Xander's <laughs> uh, there. I don't. I don't. You're talking wanna, about meteors. Not. Did you watch? Did you watch Armageddon? <laughs> oh, that's what it is. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Is it a is it a drama? Is it a thriller? Is it a no, it's a it's a thriller. Okay. Um it's like a mystery. A romantic comedy? Almost sci fi. Okay. Um I don't I really don't if I if I give anything else away, it really will just spoil the entire movie. So mm. I, I don't it's just oh, like weird okay. events happen at this dinner party with a group of like eight friends. Um and it was okay. I'd Eight recommend friends. it. Friends. Fiction. Eight friends. Fiction. <laughs> what was that um, movie about the comet that was coming? Sorry, Kendall. It was like, it played off as a comedy. It had David Cross in it. Oh, you you're talking about Seeking that? a Friend for the End of the World? Where they're all eating dinner at that house? Yes. And Patton Oswalt's in it as well? <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> It just reminded me of that. Yeah, totally derailed everything, but that's what I do. Go ahead, Kendall. Yeah, that was Steve Carell and Kira Knightley. That's a great movie. No, I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm not talking about that movie. It's another one. I don't one. know what you're talking about. Okay. I was thinking it's matter. Carell. Kendall, continue. Yeah. My apologies. Um. No, I want to figure out what that is now. Um. Uh, but yeah, Armageddon. Doug, um, were you watching Armageddon? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. 
Oh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, Kendall. All right. So I also watched um, a new Netflix original you guys have probably seen advertised already uh, called The Devil All the Time. Yeah, I want to watch that. But Elise is giving me the movie? trouble. Do what now? That, that movie? Yes. yes. Is it a movie? Yeah, the, the devil. My wife watched it. She loved it. It is so good. Yeah. So so good. Um, it's not really like the title isn't really indicative of much, except it. I mean, it focuses a lot on like Southern religion, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Not in like a heavy-handed way. I don't think. I don't know. It's a really, really really good movie i saw the trailer i'm i'm really excited to watch it and then the day it came out i was like let's watch this and then so it's now one of those things where elise is like yeah i want to watch it i'm like cool let's do it right now she's like well i'm not in the mood for that right now but if i watch it by myself it's gonna be a whole thing so it's kind of long like tell her her my wife loved it and she'll be all right let's watch it right now oh yeah you're right i forgot women conspire (laughs) it's got a huge cast whoa yeah Tom Holland and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember Sebastian Stan. I remember he yeah, is. Sebastian Stan, uh, Bill Burr. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, it's got Riley. I don't know how to say her last name. Riley Keough. Something. It's um, uh, uh, Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. She's an incredible actor. Hmm. Okay. It's really, really good. What You'll know her when you see her. She looks like Lisa Marie Presley. What else has she been in? Uh, Armageddon. <laughs> I don't really know, but she's an incredible actor in this movie. She's mm. really good. Uh, yeah, Sebastian Stan. Um, and I said Bill Skarsgård earlier, not Bill Burr. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, would love to hear Bill Burr's southern accent. <laughs> Oh God! He would, he would do it really poorly. Do you listen to his podcast ever? No. I think the only thing he can do is like a Boston accent. I think that's really all he's got. Weird noises. Weird noises happening out here. All right, the devil all the time. I devil all the time. Watch I it. do. I do want to watch it. That is hey, my real strongest quick. recommend of the watch. I'll try to make it happen. Yeah, my wife loved it. She said it was great. Hey, real quick, that movie I was talking about is called It's a Disaster. Hmm. Never heard of it. Four couples having Sunday brunch become stuck together in a house when they learn the world is ending. Hmm. Fun. It's not bad. It's on Tubi if anyone wants to watch it. Tubi. Anyway, go back to the, the uh, your list, ma'am. I keep just cutting you off. No, that's all I've got. Uh, Ratchet, Coherence, and The Devil All the Time. The devil all the time being the strongest of those three. Ratchet, coherent. The devil all the time. Oh man, I fucked it up already. Mm. It's like you were writing a song mm. and I couldn't get it. Mm. Lost the thread. All right, Doug. Oh wait, I'm sorry. What? what? I have another. Breaking. I have another recommend. <laughs> Sniff I think this, I do this cup. yearly. <laughs> I think I do this yearly, but I'm doing it again. I'm recommending candy corn and peanuts. Mixed I got a giant jar of it right now beside on my computer disc. Yep, you gotta just mix them uh, about a one to one ratio. 
and uh, just eat them some bitches. It tastes like a payday. Oh, it's mm, good. Mm, mm. So good. Mm, mm. And you want to do like uh, lightly salted or salted peanuts. Uh, I wouldn't go honey roasted peanuts. It's a little too sweet. Yeah, that'll throw it off. And with that contrast. That's all I got. I'm sorry, Doug. Oh, it's all good. Um, I only have one. Well, technically two. I um, got a free subscription to that Peacock streaming service that mm-hmm. just came out. Mm-hmm. They have a free version and they have a premium version. Yes. But, uh, of course, I got the free one because I'm a cheap piece of shit. You all know me. <laughs> Still the same old G. But um, I was checking it out, and I was not interested in anything on it until I got to the movie section, and they have a horror section, and Universal owns NBC, and so all most of the Universal Monster movies and their sequels are on Peacock. Nice. And uh, I watched one I've never seen before. It's Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Ooh. And it's not a great movie, but it's a good watch. It's a direct sequel to The Wolfman, and uh, Lon Chaney Jr. is in there just killing it. Nice. I've it's never good seen stuff. Either. I, it's I a, may have seen it, but... It's a cool little plot. It's tw- uh, not twist, plot um, device, how they get Frankenstein into the mix and, and stuff. Did the and Wolfman like all horror him movies, that there was an asteroid headed toward Earth and they had to fly out there with Bruce Willis? They were eating dinner and there was a comet and Xander was there. <laughs> <laughs> the Aerosmith started playing. Yep. Don't want to close my eyes because I'm a wolf, bitch. <laughs> that was dumb. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> You wrote a difference like, cause I'm a wolf bitch. Dude, it's like a wolf bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a ton of them on there. All the creatures, uh, one creature sequels on there. Tons of Invisible Man. Some of them you have to pay for to watch. I know the uh, original Frankenstein you had to pay for. And the mummy of all of them. Dracula's free. All the sequels, Dracula sequels are free. All the Wolfman shit's free. Y'all have fun. It's a uh, if you're into the old school shit, Peacock. It's free. Most of them are free. Nice. Yeah, and if you ain't never seen that classic shit, they're like forty minutes long. Just watch them. Oh yeah, that's yeah. The Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is like an hour and ten minutes. Uh, I I used to love that. A big fucking big studio movie of a universal monster movie and they're like give them an hour hour five after that <laughs> fuck them yeah we're not paying for two hours you know now yeah. every movie now now every judd apatow comedy that comes out is four and a half hours long <coughs> before he does his director's Dude. cut Oh. Yeah, Peacock, just for the uh, Universal Monster movies alone. Nice. It's, it's worth the drive. Nice. Anything else? Uh, no, I guess, you know, I, I would uh, recommend Peacock. That would be my technical second recommend uh, recommendation. 
I was trying to get some to some other shit, but I can't I can't stay awake for anything anymore. So mm-hmm. I feel that. Um, this week I am wrapping up. Uh, I've been reading Salem's Lot and saved it for uh, saved it for the fall. Um, per recommendation from a uh, uh, listener and friend, uh, Tom, uh, he told me one time that he read it and it's like the perfect fall book. And so I, I bought it earlier in the spring and I was like, you know what? I'm going to put that one away till the fall because Tom just mentioned that once before. So there you go, Tom. Reading it in the fall. Tom. There's a scene in it where a lady <laughs> punches a baby. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually, yes, I'm actually mad at Tom. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I text him. I said, uh, I was prepared for a lot of things in Salem's lot, but lady punching a baby was not one of them. Um, wild. That book is wild. I'm not done with it yet, but I can go ahead and recommend it. I'm almost done. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, there's, uh, there's just a lot going on in that book and, um, I don't know. Really cool. Makes me want to go back and watch that uh, Toby Hooper miniseries again. Because, Doug, you and I tried to do that. Like this com- is long, man. Yeah, we, we were going to do a commentary one time. And I was trying to watch it beforehand. And I was like, this movie's fucking three hours long. Like, we can't be doing a three-hour commentary. Um, so. Um, but it does make me want to go back and watch it again. Because I've, I've been really enjoying the book. But Salem's Lot by Stephen King. Excellent. Excellent. Um, cool. I'm going to watch uh, a movie that we were talking about, not on the podcast, but we've been talking about it recently as it pertains to our vampire series. And it's a movie I didn't want, uh, I didn't pick for the series, but um, I watched uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula last night. Um, just Elise and I just put it on. We watched it um, and I love it. Uh, and it, I, I just fucking, I love it so much. Like, there are some bad casting decisions. <laughs> um, yep. Epically bad. <laughs> like, I can't understand what the thought And that's a big reason was. why I don't like that movie. Oh, man. I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't know why it happened that Keanu Reeves was putting this what movie. What happened? I just, I don't know. Like, he just... I don't know. Uh, the Keanu Reeves is just, I mean, detrimental to the movie. And I'm a fan of Keanu Reeves, and I've been on here defending Keanu Reeves, but he was wrong for that movie, and he just... I Very much so. Every scene he's in, he completely undercuts by, like, just being awful. I don't... I, don't, I just... I'm so confused by that decision. Um, the Winona Ryder decision, also very confusing. I don't know. You got... You got a British guy playing your Romanian villain and then you got another British guy playing a German scientist and then you got two Americans playing British kids and I'm like I don't know I don't know what happened here but um but all that aside like the movie uh, is really fucking good um it's got probably like the best I mean one of the best opening five minutes to a movie of all time like the entire opening sequence is just beautiful and the score is amazing um yeah i love that movie it's um it's dumb but i love it (laughs) and uh i just watched it again reaffirmed my love for it so um if you've not seen the night if you've not seen uh 
uh, I think it came out in 94. Um, I think it came out in 92, didn't it? Oh, you might be right. Let me tell you something. Um, this movie, when it hit HBO, it was on all the time. And my dad watched this movie probably a hundred times when it was on HBO. And um, I was never allowed to watch it. He would always send me to bed. But my dad uh, has always and still does watches his TV turned up to like the max volume a TV can possibly have. So I used to lay. Uh, much like my wife, I keep my mic muted because uh, the room I'm in in my basement is directly underneath my bedroom, <laughs> and she's watching something, and it is loud as rattling fuck. the house. Yes. Yeah, my dad would every night he'd be like, "All right, you can't watch this. Go to bed." And then I'd go to bed, and I would <laughs> lay in my bed, and I would just listen to this horrifying sounds of whatever was happening. Um, and then Keanu I watched Keanu Reeves talking. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Whoa, the- Dracula, dude. But that movie is huge and it's loud and there's lots of screaming and the score is very uh, intense and so the movie sounds a lot scarier than it is. Um, but when I was a kid, I just was like, God, that movie must be so scary because like, the sounds would just freak me out. <laughs> like I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I had to lay there and listen to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a unique torture. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um as well as Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Um, oh, and and I remember for some reason. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, for some reason, I don't know why or how, but I remember my mom rented that from Cinemagic for me, Bram Stoker's Dracula, yeah. when I was like a preteen. I don't know. It probably scared me really bad. It's very. It's it's very unsettling. There's some there's some weird shit in it, but like, dude, on a fucking like, uh, like the set design, the makeup, the the way the movie looks, like the like the '70s style Dracula movie that they're like imitating. Uh, uh it's just fucking. It, it's amazing. I love it. Um, I remember um, back when we had um. Uh, movie nights me and my wife and caleb and other friends would come over and uh it was my wife's pick and she picked this movie and she was like i own it it's somewhere in there and of course she didn't so i had to go to like five different stores to find a copy of it uh, because no one had it to rent and i finally found it at best buy and paid like 25 dollars for it and brought it back and we watched it and that's the first time i'd seen it probably since it came out on video yeah and that was the last time i've seen it because the entire time i was watching it it was just agonizing torture i just don't <laughs> like that movie i love it so much um also i uh they put um they put all of albert brooks movies on the criterion channel and i haven't watched them in a while but i've i started to watch them again and albert brooks made these like Five or six movies that are fucking incredible. But uh, the one I watched this week was Modern Romance. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Modern Romance with Albert Brooks, but it's fucking... It is one of the funniest movies um, that I've ever seen. I love it so much. Um, And, like, he's amazing in it. Like, he wrote and directed and starred in in, in all these movies. Um, And Modern Romance is not my favorite of his movies, but it's it's pretty close. Um, but I would recommend uh, Modern Romance, 
Um, and, and the other ones, but I'm going to rewatch them before I recommend them. I'm not going to shoot my fucking recommends wad right here and give you five recommends for free. Um, so, uh, modern romance by Albert Brooks. Uh, you can rent it anywhere, but it's on, it's on the criterion channel, um, as well. But yeah, very funny. High, high recommend. Oh, and tonight I just watched, um, uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas with Grayson because he's just been listening to it in the car and he's just been like really obsessed with it. So we uh, we put up our Halloween decorations tonight and we watched it with him and he just fucking like he just ate it up. So that was that was a lot of fun to share with him. But that's just a great movie. So throwing it on there. <coughs> and if you got kids, show it to them. It's a good time. I remember my parents did not like that movie um i'm not big on it but i don't hate it oh my mom was like "Uh uh-uh there's this is evil this is the devil you know my mom it's not that i just everyone's all like oh this is one of the greatest movies i'm like it's okay oh dude my youngest son loves it he watches it every year well i love musicals i love stop motion animation i love halloween and i love christmas and so uh, no, just, see, it's not a bad movie. It's just everyone puts it on this pedestal, and I'm just all like, eh, I don't think it needs to be up that high. I don't know. I'm with, that's just me. I don't I'm like with, anything. I'm with the crowd. I think it's one of the best things. It's one, certainly one of my favorite things. But right. yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we're done in space. We're back on Earth. We're going to fight some vampires starting next week. Um, you know, if you want to yep. get in touch with us, there's a few different ways. One less than there used to be, Doug. You want to fill it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If you, uh, What's your favorite vampire movie? Let us know at CarpenterRants, uh Pod at gmail.com. CarpenterRantsPod at gmail.com. Let me say it better that time. Okay. I'm not drunk, I promise. Um, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I will write you right back if you hit us up on Facebook. And that's it. We no longer have a uh, Google voicemail message because no one called it, and they turned it off on us. Yeah, I told you guys last week that I got an email. It was like, hey, we noticed you haven't been using this. Well, since last week, I've got another email that said, hey, this is expired now. So if you guys waited until this week to start calling, uh, too bad. You'll never get the you'll never get the opportunity again. So R.I.P. Google Voicemail service. But now the postcards can start coming in again. Okay. You guys know that I love a good postcard, so. I guess I'll have to set up a P.O. box. Yeah, you and they'll can, have to mail us stuff. Just address him to, you know, Rick Sackwater, whatever his name was. TCR Sackwater. TCR P.O. Box, whatever. <laughs> Tape a $50 bill on it so I know you're real. <laughs> Man, I want to I wanna sell merch and I just want to sell bags of water. And we'll just call it TCR Sackwater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Um, the Space Series was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to the vampire ones, too. And I'm obviously I'm looking forward to the holiday season. 
mm-hmm. Halloween uh, treats and movies and traditions, uh, you know, some uh, truncated traditions and some new traditions this year, maybe. But um, we're going to make it fun and uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. We all get the Halloween DoorDash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's my favorite tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. Hit us up. Uh, subscribe. All that cool shit. Um, for TCR, we've been the Nobodies. I'm Caleb. I'm Doug. I'm Kendall. Keep on ranting. Keep on ranting? Yeah. <laughs> Do that. If you're thinking about ranting or not ranting, I'm here to encourage you. Keep on ranting. Keep on but heaven fucking forbid you call us. Yeah, you fucked that up. <laughs> it's your fault. Thank you for listening to The Carpenter Rants. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podbean. And Spotify. Spotify.